I am unashamed. What about you? So uh, you watched the the Super Bowl. Like the, we were recording uh, the day after the Super Bowl. Um, we all made a prediction, which, by the way, Jace is not here. We've got him out on assignment still trying to get more stories uh, to tell us, which I'm sure he will when he gets back. But uh, we, you and I were right about Brady, <laughs> as it turns out. Just, just I'm just saying what we knew. Mahomes is a great player, but you, you never bet against Brady. That's right. <clears throat> they just had it. They, had, they were on a roll. So what were, what were your thoughts about just the whole, not just the game, but the, the whole uh, – Experience, I guess you could call it. It became so laborious as time went on with all of these, I don't know what you call them, uh, ungodly principles. Uh, Almost like woke wokeness. Propaganda is, is what it felt it, like. It was. <laughs> it's like a, a, the sports, our sports, top sports people, the NFL, NBA, and all the rest of them, I guess. But it was so much garbage and so much propaganda. It's almost like they're using sports as just an arm Mm -hmm. of wokeness, which is really a joke. Woke is a joke because (laughs) it offers no hope. That's right. (laughs) And by the way, you will go broke. (laughs) And you will go broke. Watching it, That's so true. I mean, I'll, I'll have to admit it's the worst. It makes it hard. It's the to worst watch. Super Bowl I've ever seen put together with all of that propaganda coming out on yeah. every every time you look up. There's one more of them talking about this, basically saying this group. This is the way group. to be good, and you don't need God, right? And and this group needs to be lauded, and this. Oh. And what what makes it so bad is is that the game itself. Was, was great, and, and the Brady story I loved because, you know, all that just – and it used to be when you when you turn on a football game or any game, it was an escape from everything going on politically and all that. I mean, yeah. it was just the game. You That's know, right. You played it in college. That's right. And now it just – and they embedded it. What, what kind of irks me is that at the beginning, you know, it was uh, – I think it was Nance, you know, the one of the announcers that was like – you know, come on, America, let's let's join together, and this is something we can unite on as football. And then about every third commercial was some kind of wokeism or this yeah. group or that group. And, and I just thought it was you know, supposedly uniting, but it then it's so divisive because I, I didn't notice anything that we support or think is important being a part of the lineup. Did you Did you ever hear anybody say something about godly principles or, nope. you know, maybe patriotism? or nope. You know, I didn't get any of that. Nope. During all the deals. So I found it hard to watch for the first time. That's the first time I ever felt that way, trying to watch a Super Bowl game. Right. That had so much of this. Ideology, I Ideology, left-wing ideology, Marxism, all wrapped up, socialism, all wrapped up in one package and presented to us. Yeah, and I. I got tired of it. Unfortunately, I I I think. In fact, I didn't finish. I just turned it off. I told I didn't say it. Miss K said, I'm tired of watching that, all that <laughs> negative talk about That's all right. these. Yeah, and you know, for mom to say, because mom loves pro football. She does. And for her to say that first, that is pretty amazing. Well, you know, I for and I've talked about on the podcast, for the first, I would say, three quarters of the season, almost the whole season, I didn't watch the NFL because of how it started with all this social justice and stuff oh. on your uniforms and it just what, what offended me was is when some guys tried to put some spiritual things on their uniform or Tebow tried to put a verse on his you know blackout. No, yeah. we can't do that. You know, no. Th- there's no no nothing about God. And so then when they just allowed everybody to all of a sudden put all this messaging, you know, on their uniforms and stuff, I, I just man that had a super negative impact on me. I don't hate them, but but I, I, I certainly don't have to listen to all that all that stuff that comes out from their lips. <laughs> well, my my opinion is is all the major sports, but especially you know the NFL as well is you know you got to realize you got a big audience out there, and when you go down this road, you're going to alienate a huge amount of that. Oh, so yeah. if that's what you're doing as your business model, so be it. But it's certainly not resonate with guys like me and you. I, nope. you know, I, I don't know. Maybe other people, you know, feel differently about it, but I felt kind of the same way. That and it's just a, it's just the kind of the nature of where we are. 
Yep. You know, I think as a country. So, what'd you what'd you preach on yesterday? Because yesterday was a was a, yesterday a Sunday. I, 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 I zeroed in. Uh, there's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about ten, ten different verses. Uh, going back to the Book of Acts as the launch point, uh, the the first Luke records in the first paragraph in Acts chapter one, after his suffering, Jesus he showed himself to these men, gave many convincing proofs he was alive. He appeared to him over a period of forty days. So the first from the jump start in the book of Acts is a little rendition of what has just transpired. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John spell it out in minute detail. You get to Acts chapter 2. Peter preaches the gospel beginning in verse about 23, 22, 23. This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's set purpose for knowledge. You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death. By nailing him to the cross, God is raising from the dead. They ask him what the, they're, they're devastated, saying, oh, my goodness, by us murdering him, he's going to save us. Peter said, you, you get the idea. That's, what, that's what's just transpired. They were just crushed. So they said, what do we do? We told them to repent and be baptized. 3,000 did. You get to Acts 3, and when they're healing these various people and miracles are being performed and you handed over in about Acts 3 verse uh, 13 to 14, 15, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our father has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had done, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. So he's back on the gospel. Right. Well, throughout the book of Acts, by the time you get to Acts 5, right after they are the, the miracles that they're performing and from day to day, and people are getting all stirred up about it, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. Watch what they go he goes back to. Every time throughout the book of Acts, and I would submit to you throughout all of the epistles, he goes right back to this. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand. <clears throat> There's the ascension when he left <clears throat> and the prince and savior, he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We're witness of the thing, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So the whole treatise of the Bible, the central message from Genesis, starting in Genesis 3.15, somebody from a woman would come, the seed of a woman, that would save the world. Satan, you're going down. Well, fast forward roughly 5,000 years, he shows up. Jesus is coming for 5,000 years. He shows up, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts on. He's coming back. He's left, but he's coming back. Y'all killed him. He died for your sins. He'll remove your sin and raise you from the dead. So what came out of all that, I just took two texts, and one of them where I started, and I'll be trying to be as brief as possible, uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, remember the for that formerly you who are Gentiles, because you got to remember in the book of Acts, it starts with the Jews. Well, they didn't get to preaching the gospel to the Gentiles until a little later on when the Jews became so obstinate about the message and they were beating up Paul and them and stoning them and running them out of places and persecution was breaking out everywhere starts in that chapter five. And it had already been predicted by Jesus yeah. himself that yeah, the Gentiles the, would be added in. I'm giving the audience a big picture. Right. So we get to places like Ephesians. You used to be Gentiles by birth called uncircumcised by those who are still them called the circumcision, the Jews, that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time, you Gentiles, this is that's us, Al, you, 2,000 years ago, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now, 
after the book of Acts, a few years when this was written, uh, now in Christ you once were far off away, you've been brought near through the blood of Christ. There's the death of Jesus on the cross again. For he himself is our peace, who's made the two Jew and Gentile, one has destroyed the barrier. You read all about that beginning in the book of Acts. You say that's when all this conflict between Jew and Gentile, Peter sees a big thing coming out of heaven about food laws and all of that. It's all in the book of Acts. The law was the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, Jew and Gentile, thus making peace and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, the Jews. And through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access to the Father by one spirit. And you read about the spirit being available to all men in the book of Acts. So you turn a couple of pages, and I love this wordage. Here's the way the Apostle Paul put it to a little place in Colossi, Colossians. Uh, now he has reconciled. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. That's the book of Acts. But now <clears throat> he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. There's the death on the cross back on the gospel. It's always the centerpiece to present you holy in his sight without blemish Free from accusation. Now watch how this is worded out. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and here's the whole Bible story, not moved from the hope, held out, held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and at that time in Colossae, that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. These people started in the book of Acts, the beginning of it. By the time you get to the Colossians, you say that gospel had gone. The world was a lot smaller, but it had gone worldwide, according to that text. Yep. Now, that's what you call moving and shaking in a hurry. <laughs> that's right. And plus, the language barrier, we read that in the book of Acts. How'd they do that that quick? How could they have done it with all these foreigners? Gave them the ability to speak in any language they were. That's right. So the whole story... I just gave it in about five minutes of the whole story, and right in the middle of it, the foundation of it, is the book of Acts. By the way, for you listeners, read Romans 8, 20 through 25, Romans 12, 12, Romans 15, 4, 15, 13. Read 1 Corinthians 13, read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Timothy 4, 8, Titus 1, verse 2, Hebrews 6, 19, and Hebrews 11, 1, which will tell you about hope, which, to answer your question, that's what I did yesterday. <laughs> that's pretty good. Let's take a break. So there's a lot of uh, young folks that uh, listen to our podcast, a lot of young couples, people kind of getting started in life. And a lot of times, you, need, you know, we're always trying to tell people at our stage in life that we try to be as debt-free as possible. But I know when you're starting out, especially if you have some student loan and stuff like that, that it's not always that easy. So one of the things we uh, talk about on the podcast is that one of our sponsors named Scoremaster, which basically they've come up with an algorithm to help bump up your credit score, which really saves you a lot of money over the long haul. If you have a loan for your house, you know, maybe a boat or maybe a car, something like this, basically um, on average, you add 61 points to your total in 20 days or less. And uh, I've used it myself, uh, Lisa and I have, and it works. It's bumped up that score, which helps us save some money over the long term of a loan. So if you guys are at that place uh, where you're just getting started, uh, buying a house, something like this, you may, you can enroll in minutes. You get to see how many points you can add to your credit score and how fast you can do it. You visit scoremaster.com slash Phil, scoremaster.com slash Phil, and get that credit score bumped up. <clears throat> that sounds like an excellent lesson. 
And I know you had some folks that came to Christ, which is really We baptized three just exactly like they did in the book of Acts. They said, what do we do? We came to be baptized. What are we doing here? And I explained to them the new birth and their faith in Jesus and their confession, Jesus is Lord. So one was in the Air Force, one was a duck hunter from Arkansas, and I don't forget where the other one was from. But they, but every week they come in there, so it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. It is and just like the Book of Acts. It is, and one of the things that's interesting we've talked about this before is the these Jewish people that Peter and John are preaching to in these first few chapters, yep. in, in these first converts. Yep, you realize, and then there's a lot of like scholarly types and, uh, I mean, people that know the book. You've and got the, the brains. I mean, the brains are all there, and they've all missed it. They missed it. They missed the Messiah. And look, they've had 3,500 <coughs> years of preparation for the moment. They've had prophecies. They've had predictions. They've had the Messiah. They've had all these things that have, have said, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Here's what it'll look like. And the whole time Jesus was here, you remember he kept saying, this is to be fulfilled, and then mm-hmm. something would happen, and sure enough, there it was in Zechariah, or there yeah. it was in some other text, and yet they missed it. And the the thing that's always intrigued me about that is here we are, in you know, two thousand years removed since Jesus was here, yep, and we know what he did, and yet most people what miss it, ladies, gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, there's approximately two million of you listening to what we're saying. Somebody comes along and they ask you. Uh, what is the gospel? You need to be able to say. That's right. That's when God became flesh and died on a cross for my sins, was buried and raised from the dead. He solved my problems in a three-day period based on who he was and what he did. He's now mediating for you. And the final event is when he returns. If you've missed the gospel, you're going to be in dire circumstances is all I can tell you. You say, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Well, and that's why Peter said in 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Yep. That's him as, him as your Lord. Yep. That's the gospel. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Thanks to this podcast, I hope people are finally getting and understanding what the good news, the gospel is, because I've been asking people for the last 45 or 50 years since I became a Christian, what is the gospel? And they will give you every answer there is, except that's when uh, Jesus came down in flesh out of a virgin, died on a cross, was buried and raised from the dead, went on back into heaven, there's mediate for us. It's the whole story. If you believe it, we'll go down there to the creek and get somebody to baptize you, confess to Jesus as Lord, repent, turn to God, and you'll be okay. And somebody says, oh, it's deeper than that. No, that's as deep as you need to dig. Right. You know, we were doing, back when we were, last time we were in Acts, me and Jace, we were looking at that story of Ananias and Sapphira and that their whole heart situation aligned to the Holy Spirit. Yep. But right before that, we get introduced uh, to a man named Joseph, also known as uh, Barabbas, um, you know, I mean Barnabas, sorry. Barnabas. Barnabas, uh, who beca- he's known as the son of encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he showed us kind of the heart you want to have. And I mentioned that he was a Levite, which means he, he, he came from the priestly division. And so <clears throat> when I was doing a little bit of research on that for a sermon I was doing, I realized that Barnabas... Uh, you know, he goes on to be kind of like Paul's companion for a bunch of these missionary journeys you mentioned, which got yep. the gospel out. Yep. And so he was a part of one of those. I mean, look, and if you're a Levite, you're a priest. I mean, you had serious duties in Judaism, in the temple, oh, yeah. in their worship and all that. So for him to be one, Paul's right-hand man and going and speaking to all these Gentiles, it made him a super unique guy at that time because when when that and we'll talk more about it when we get there. But when you go out and look and start seeing what happened once Paul began to to do that, this was not easy. It went against every bit of their Jewishness. But you know, one of the things that you we, know, he's mentioned in in Colossians one, where where Paul was touting the gospel, being said, I think it's the same fellow. He said, "My fellow prisoner uh, Aristarchus." Uh, 
sends you greetings as, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. That's right. That's the same dude. Yeah. He was in the mix is right. what, it, what I want to bring out. Well, and think about it. So he also, you know, also knew then about the whole gospel story. I mean, the, the they were, they're the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. That's right. Wasn't that many of them? Wasn't many. That wasn't that many. And then we know Luke, who wrote Acts and Luke, he was a physician. He was a part of this mix, too. Because you know, that another guy that, that was right along, and he would have known Barnabas, was O.E. Epaphras. And that's the one that, through, through Epaphras, the Colossians had come to know Jesus. They right. heard the gospel from him. Well, you know, Mark was young. It was pretty amazing to show you just of what a very few. The little crew. A small group of individuals can do. And make impact the whole world. You, you two million out there listening, we're looking for a few men like Barnabas and like <laughs> uh, oh, the, the old, other, what was that other guy's name? Uh, Epaphras. Epaphras. Epaphras and Barnabas. Silas. Type. Silas was another one. So, you know, Silas kind of took over. For Barnabas, because uh, they had a, a conflict, Paul and Barnabas, the son of encouragement, had a conflict. But yeah. Paul seemed pretty straightforward, so, so he yeah. might not have been the easiest guy to run with. But you know, they and it was over the cousin because Mark, you know, wouldn't show up for what they were supposed to do. A little friction, a little friction. That just shows you we're human beings. That's right. You know, you know, you're going to agree with somebody 100 percent on every doctrinal position. You Never. just got to get past that and say, look, just stand on the gospel. Right. Proclaim Jesus, him crucified and raised from the dead right. as you go, and it doesn't make any difference. They, in fact, in the book of Colossians, uh, send my greetings to our friend Luke, the doctor. He wrote the book of Acts. Yep. And Demas spent uh, and greeted, send greetings. Uh, give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha, the church in her house. So they were in little groups yep. scattered out. But you had these guys working around, going to see them from time to time, kind of like we're doing up there in yeah. West Monroe, Louisiana, two thousand years later, Al. Literally exposing to the whole world. So, yeah. so the are here. Uh, so, so many of these Jewish folks were missing it, and as you said, eventually that's going to open the door when we get to you know Acts ten with Peter and Cornelius. And look, Peter didn't want to go share with the Gentiles. I mean, God literally s- said, "You got to go." And so that opens this door that, that Jesus had already predicted was going to happen. Plus, out during all of this, way beyond black and white racism in America was the racism between the Jew and the Gentile in the first century of what we're reading. Right. In the middle of it is the book of Acts. I mean, the Jewish hierarchy, and here's these low-down, sorry. That's why I quoted that Ephesians 1 a while ago. At one time... The Gentiles were just, oh, what's the term? Sucking hind tit, I guess. You're like, boy, they, that's, you talk about. That's the Greek term for that one, yeah. Yeah, you say, boy, he, Jesus come out of nowhere. And mm. Peter was one of the very ones who said, no way, you know, disband food laws. I mean, get rid of the law of Moses right. and bring this sorry low bunch. See, well, I mean, we talk a lot about, we've talked a lot you know, about. He, Galatia, he's kind of over on the side. So, hey, I don't know. We've talked a lot about the last four years about nationalism in, in our own political structure. If you go back when the first Hebrews, after they were come out of that desert, when they went in there, because God was like, you don't mess with these people. They got all these false gods. So they were told early on. That's right. You don't get sucked into this, but their whole history was fighting that battle. And and tribe after tribe got lost to false gods. They literally were separated from God with no hope. That's exactly right. So here's what a, the one of the things that was interesting to me about the potential of Barnabas. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. It's a it's it's the only letter in the New Testament where there's no author. I would think he was a Jew. He's, he's got to be a Jew or because pre- uh, it's, uh, well, previously a to Jew. me, it's the greatest treatise to the Jewish mindset about what this That's new right. thing is. So a lot of people have attributed to Paul, which I, which I discounted because one, his language is different. And number two, Paul always said in his letters who he was. Yep. And he was writing to him. So I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe he did it. I mean, you know, we'll never know. But one of the leading candidates in my mind is Barnabas. Very possible. And the reason why is because we know he was super sharp. He was Levite. We know from when we first met him, he was with him the whole time. Yep. And then one of the things that struck me was in Hebrews chapter seven, whenever he talks about Melchizedek, which was someone that was around the days of Abraham, and that Abraham went and gave him homage. This guy was a Gentile. You know, king, 
and and he goes a, a priest and, and he goes in and he gives him homage and he's saying, look, the Gentiles have always been had favor with God if they believe. And so I've always thought that was interesting because Barnabas's perspective would have been one that he could have seen that. There you know? just wasn't many of them. There wasn't many of them. Well, Al, welcome to the club. But this this day and age, I mean, there's fewer Gentiles than you would think out there that's put their faith in Jesus. Now, billions. But we're a country, you know? yeah, we're yeah. a country of 330 million. I don't know. You add them all up on the Jesus followers. I'm looking around saying, whatever happened to the godly men around here? That's right. It's scaring me, Al. That's right. Let's take another break. So, Dad, one of our favorite uh, sponsors is uh, Omega XL. And uh, we first found out about these guys. They contacted, reached out, and I didn't know much about them. And so I got on the phone, uh, and I talked with uh, Dr. McQuillan, who is the the researcher behind it and the MD and her husband who works with the, you know, with the company as well. And they just told me a lot about the science of how this product takes down inflammation. And uh, it comes from these uh, muscles that they raise in this deep water in New Zealand. And it's really amazing uh, the properties of it, you know, and, and how it does. And so I started taking it, noticed a big difference. You started taking it, noticed a big difference. I mean, very little on the aches and pains from from that point forward. I have none. So, and, and, and you don't take a lot of meds. So, you know, no pharmaceuticals. You're, I don't, I don't, not a lot. I don't take any of <laughs> none. So, this is this is a, that's a good uh, advertisement. I do take these Omega XLs, whatever they call them. Yep, and they work well. So, uh, if you're having some aches and pains, uh, like most of us are, especially as we get older with this inflammation, check them out. You can order omegaxl.com slash fill. You buy a bottle, you get a second bottle free. So it's OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Or you can call them 1-800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. And get rid of that inflammation. Well, you're right, Dad. And the thing about it is there's been a lot. They do these polls, which whatever. I just don't. These polls, you know, people can ask whatever. So they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you know, 80-something percent of America, you know, believes there's a God. But, you know, when you see the results of what's going on, that's a lot different than saying Jesus is Lord. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying, or somebody's got a a skewered view of what it means to be a believer. You know, so I think you get into a lot of that stuff. But that's one of the things that always struggle. And look, we'll never know who wrote Hebrews till we get to heaven. But I will say this about it. To me, if you want to read about to the Gentile world, you read Romans. Because Paul lays out the great, probably the greatest, you know, treatise. It, it the... didn't help when we splintered Christianity, and when I say splintered, and we ended up with about twenty thousand different groups yeah. with different names, saying we just division is an understatement right. on what what we did, the the human race did to Christianity. Right. I mean, we can't even all agree to put our faith in the gospel and, and go down to the creek and get baptized and let's go. Right. Let's, let's, there's it all. Let's it's, keep it it's simple. Way deeper than that. Where's your, where's your doctrine and your creed there, Rob? Yeah. So we don't have a doctrine and a creed. That's the right. gospel is the doctrine and the creed. Yep. So now, I think that's the best way to roll. Yep. So if you go back to Acts chapter five, uh, we left off, we were talking about um, Ananias and Sapphira which was this whole idea about lying to the Holy Spirit and why that was so important that there was this kind of first sign of discipline inside the church. Yep. Uh, and it was, it was pretty scary. It, it picks right back up and says, here they go. They're performing signs and miracles, and now they're drawing, of course, these crowds of people. Um, it says they, people want just their Peter's shadow might fall on them. So we're kind of seeing the apostles now have the same aura that Jesus had when he was on the earth, because everybody's wanting to come and get the miracle. Now, some are actually believing because of that, and we're seeing literally thousands of people being added pretty much daily in this early thing. So you can see what's happening. I mean, this thing is rolling. So you get to verse 17. It said, The high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. So here's, here's where we go. The same group of people that crucified Jesus, and now they're jealous. So yep. they arrested the apostles, and they put them in public jail. So now we got this first time they've been jailed. They're jealous because they see a legitimate spiritual movement going on, 
And with the death of Jesus at the center of it. That's right. They're like, wait a minute here. And they're not part of it. Yeah, we thought we were rid of him. That's right. (laughs) So it said they put him in jail. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail (laughs) and brought them out and, and tells them, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. Al, not one jot or tittle, not one has differed from 2,000 years ago, go stand in the temple courts and get out there in the middle of it, in the middle of a constitutional republic, an oligarchy, mm-hmm. or some kind of kind of socialist country. Just step up in the middle and tell the people the full message of this new life. All we're doing on planet Earth, you, me, Jason, the rest of us, we are pointing people to Jesus with the full message of, uh, of this new life. So nothing has changed, really, Al, when you get right down to it. The miraculous were there, but how'd ha- ha- that work out for them? <laughs> exactly. You would have thought, looking at the miracles, that would do it. Right. But Al, it didn't do it. That's why someone says, well, can you perform miracles, Phil? I said, not that I know of. Right. And you, they said, well, you know, well, how do you think people's going to change their mind? You show them a miracle, they'd change. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> They showed them one after the other right. all the way through the book of Acts. Because as we said all along, the miracle has to point to the message and the man. I mean, that uh, that only got them to that point. That's yeah. that's where the salvation was. That's right. That's where a lot of people miss it. Miracles look, alone did not work then, and it won't work now. I've traveled all over the world. I've been in settings where I, you know, I preached, and I had this person standing next to me, and it's hard to preach where you're having to give two sentences and then this guy has to translate it into their language. But, you know, we made it work to get the gospel out. I would have loved to have had the gift to be able to just stand up and speak in their language. And what miracles I thought I just saw, if, uh, like old Bill Smith used to say, would it have convinced a Jew in modern-day time or an atheist? Right. They would have said... Well, he just lucky and got better. Right. I mean, he was going to die. You prayed for him, and whoops, two or three days later, he's back up on his feet and he's going. I'm like, I don't know. I prayed for him. He was going to die, but now he's alive. Yep. I've seen it myself sure. more than once. And somebody said, well, that's a miracle. I've said, well, <laughs> if a Jew and an atheist were standing there beside me, they'd have said, oh, well, he just got lucky. Every once in a while, you Never pulled. He got better. He wouldn't have embraced it out. Yeah, and, and some maybe would. Some of these people obviously did, but only because of the message. Yep. So at daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. So they locked them up. He said, all right, we got rid of Jesus. Now we got to lock these guys up and deal with them. Shut them up. Shut them up. But then the high priest and they all. It almost sounds like modern day when they've got what they call censorship. If you try to put something on the air talking about Jesus, they're liable to censure you. The question would be, why? It's just a story about an individual who lived 2,000 years ago. Why would you censor that? Yeah. Well, you said everybody's out there sinners, and that's that's. You're browbeating the human race. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know what? We're just going to find another platform. That's what they did. They just, you know, the Lord o- opened up the jail cell. Plus, we can't stop no. talking about it. How could you stop? We can't. So the high priest and his associates arrived. They called together the Sanhedrin. Uh-oh, we got the full assemblies of the elders Ooh, of Israel. These we, are the big dogs. We have brought in the big guns, and so they got them all. They're still around now. Oh, yeah. There they and they sent to the jail for the apostles. So they're like, all right, we've got our tribunal here. Yep, we got all the big wigs. Now go get. We those got guys. them loudmouths locked up down there. That's right. Go down we there. About, we got. We about got the whole of it. Go down there and get them and drag them in before us. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them. So they went back and reported, the jail's locked up. No one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. I, I love it because, <laughs> like, again, it's right in front of their face, and they're just like, hmm, how, how did they get we out of We locked them up. They've been under lockdown. We went down there, and they're not there. Uh, where'd they go? I love it. Puzzled. Let's take another break. One of the things, Dad, that, you know, Lisa and I obviously are huge um, – pro-life advocates, and we speak a lot on behalf of pregnancy centers. And Lisa had an abortion. We've talked about this many times, and we write about in our books. 
uh, when before she knew the Lord, before she was with me. And, uh, you know, she's carried that her whole life, and it's a lot of guilt that goes with it. So we talk about being released from that and the freedom of that. And I ran across a book that I wanted to mention on the podcast. One of our listeners, Laurie, from California has written it. It's called Choose Zoe, A Story of Unplanned Parenthood and the Case for Life. And that word she uses, Zoe, is the same Greek word in John 10.10. I came that they might have Zoe, life, and have it to the full. So it's a great verse for pro-life. She was a 15-year-old pregnant girl. She chose life, and now she and her daughter are working for a pro-life pregnancy center in California, which is a really cool story. So check her book out. You can get it on Amazon.com. I did. I went and clicked on it, Choose Zoe, and it's coming to my house, and so I'm excited about reading it. So I want you guys to read it as well. So someone comes up and says, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who are y'all with? Well, we looked at law enforcement here, and then we looked over at these guys. They're not hurting anything. All they're doing is talking. They're, They're talking about this Jesus. We were them. So don't be messing with them, guys. It was really interesting because it really is you're seeing a repeat of what happened with Jesus. How could there be a possibility that America would stand up for what you and I do? Is it possible that they say, don't mess with them, guys? uh, They're they're hollering about Jesus. They believe it. They're a bunch of nutcakes, but but, but they are just, they have a message, and they won't get off of it. What are they hurting could we win maybe America over by saying, look, we don't hate y'all or the ones we're preaching the message to. We right. love you. Yeah. We're trying to get you to see there is life beyond this earth. It does, There's immortality. It does show you that the, the power of popular opinion has been around for a long time. Yeah. The crowd, you know, because they, they were afraid of the crowd because the crowd was like, we want to hear about these. I mean, these guys are preaching something we've never heard before. But these censors, And there's enough people in America right now out that's listening to what sure. you and I are saying. We wouldn't be on the air if it's not. We no. wouldn't be on the Internet doing this. So they brought the apostles. They made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. They still hadn't owned up to their role. Their sins. Their sins. It's like They still haven't owned up to the fact that they're the ones who killed him. What you think about that is the most basic tenet of following Christ is to realize my own guilt. I mean, and these guys can't do it. They're, they're political, but at the same time, even at the personal level, they're offended. Well, they can't do it now. No. There are many people in the Jewish community right now who would say, y'all are trying to determine to make us guilty of this man's blood. Right. They're going to have to suck it up and just keep looking. There are, to their credit, these Messianic Jews across America. Yeah. They get it out. You and I spoke at a, at a Messianic Jewish conference. Sure did. And I was so impressed with these brothers because what I they're doing too. is their mission field is Israel. Because they're, right. they're going back saying, look, guys, we're, we're with you. We're grafted in. We understand. We did have him crucified. That's exactly right. But, and it did save us. But, but it saved us. You know? It's the book of Acts all over again, Al. So, so here's what in verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. And here he goes. And then he goes into the gospel. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness to of sins to Israel. The whole story. Of of, the whole story of the Bible is in about this many verses. In three two, verses. Three verses. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Once again, he just returns back to the central Full story. Full story, all of it. And look, that'll come to repeat itself over That's and right. over and over. And someone says, "Well, why be so redundant with that particular message?" Because it is the truth that sets you free. Right. This is exactly right. It was then, and it still is today. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I love it. I love the idea that we, we obey God, not you. That's right. Because these guys had themselves up as the, as the arbiters and speakers of the Almighty. And they're just like, no, you missed it. Here, here's, what, here's what changed. In my earlier years, I, I missed the point by saying, these people are nuts. 
<laughs> but I was wrong. They're yeah. not nuts. Right. They're just hard-headed, and they're steeped in their sin, yep. and they know if they confess their sins and turn to God, people will see that they're weak like everybody else. Right. And they, they, they're, they're haughty. That's they're right. like, you know, they're going around canceling people who are guilty of sin, but their own sins, no. You, 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 they, they, they won't believe a word of it. When Remember when we first started this section? They were jealous, yep. which is another sin. They, they yep. looked and they saw these crowds of people, these Sadducees did, and they said, what, what in the world? You know, why, why are these guys, right? By the way, Al, read verse 33 there on the response the Jews had to them. <laughs> so, yeah, the leaders, so when they heard this, they heard the gospel message, they heard the good news that can save them from their sins. That's right. They were furious. And wanted to put them to death. Now they want to kill the ones just talking about it's, the one they killed. It's 2 <laughs> 1.0 was they did do put Jesus to death. Yeah. And now they're saying, okay, we're going to put you to death. Yeah. Which you think somebody... You're saying we killed him, so therefore we're going to kill you. We killed him, <laughs> but we're not, we're not taking that charge. But since you keep saying we killed him... If you don't shut up, we're going to kill you. Well, that proves they killed him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so here, here's what gets me about it. So the logic, someone should have been able to look at the logic of this and say, this is not going to work. Wait a minute. Yeah. Because you, you killed him. Now you got the whole following here. Oh, it's yeah. snowballing. Oh, yeah. Well, look, we had the guy. Look back at the text of verse. Here comes the brain of the here Pharisees. Here comes the brain, which is interesting because this is Gamal. And we mentioned him before. Remember, he was a teacher of, of Apostle Paul before he, was, he became the Apostle Paul. Paul. Was his, he was Paul's mentor. Oh, yeah. And he mentions him two or three times. So yeah. this guy obviously is a brain. Mm. He know, understands the whole thing. He doesn't believe. No. But he understands logic. And, and a lot of it, that's what you had to figure out. But a Pharisee named Gamal, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the man be put outside for a little while. You know, he was a, you know, they, you hear. He said, where are are they? And they said, well, we got them out there. And he said, yeah, look after them. Let them, let just leave them alone for a few minutes. Let me, let me say a few words here. You know, in our, in our country, dad, you've heard lately, because this rhetoric is so much both sides just, I mean, it just gets inflamed. And I've been hearing the phrase a lot. And this is what I think about in this text. We're raising the temperature. Yeah. I keep hearing that phrase. We yeah. need to lower the temperature. Yeah. What Gamal does is they're ready to kill him, but he lowers the temperature. He says, oh, 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 let's put those guys out for just a minute. Let, let's talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. Let's take one more break. So here's what he says. And this is so logical. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thetis appeared, claiming this is some guy, Claiming to be somebody. What verse he in? I'm in 36. Yeah. Uh, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. In other words, we've seen we've these, seen stuff like this. You've seen these guys rise up. So then he says uh, in verse 38, therefore. In the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. I think Gamaliel is having a moment here. I think so, too. He's looking at it saying, well, whoa, 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 He's whoa. curious as to what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, he's like, maybe. He's... He's on the edge of belief. Yes. Edge of faith. And you remember back in John, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he came to faith through through the course of those three years of Jesus. In the middle of the night. Yeah, in the middle of the night, (laughs) because he was trying to hold his place. (laughs) He wasn't quite sure to go all the way. Yeah. But then Gamal comes in, he says, Look, and I thought when I thought I read this verse, Dad, I thought about what you said about the show when you were like you know, they, they came to you, the producers, and, and Willie and everybody was like, what do you think about doing this show? I mean, it's gonna, we're going to be on national television. And you were, like, dubious. You were like, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, we're hunters. Rednecks shooting, shooting ducks. Nobody's really going to want to watch that. And then you said, but if it's of the Almighty, then you won't be able to stop it. Won't be able to stop it. That's what I said. That's what you said, which is exactly what Gamal, the same point he made in this case. If it's from God... You can't stop it. 
which is kind of the heart of this whole thing in Acts. That's why which I, adds a little credence, Al, on how you and I ended up right here. That's right. I mean, that opened the door for everything I we're doing now. I said, if it's from God, they won't be able to stop it. It'll just steamroll. Right. And I said, then who knows after that? Well, Al, that's been several, and years, you, several years ago now. You were one of the early cases of this new cancel culture. You were one of the early prospects. They tried to shut me up. You know, this is back in 2014. They were like, no, we will. I shut had you. this group of thinkers after me. That's exactly right. Who is this idiot? And every night you were across all the cable news TVs. This, this crazy bearded guy. All these sponsorships we had with these different companies. Oh, they were just dropping. Dropping like flies. That's right. It cost us millions. Oh, yeah. And I said, the verse still stands. God's verse still Corinthians what he is. 6, 9, and 10. That's right. So I thought about that when I, I thought about this thing. So in verse 40. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged, which is... Oh, they beat them half the day. Yeah, you just got to... You know, it's, they're so vindictive. You know I would I mean? have had a, a bigger problem loving them. I love them to this day, all the ones, the naysayers. But if they had beaten the fire out of me, I hope I would still be able to love them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hope you wouldn't put the Ananias I've fire grown in that area, and I think now I could take a beating. I think I could take a beating. But I think it shows you the idea that people in – and this, look, this is very relevant today. People in power, when you go against them, they want you punished. That's right. In our cultures, they want you silenced. They want to ruin your oh, career. They want. Don't, they don't call it the cancel culture for nothing. So that's what you're seeing here. It started out they were jealous. Then they had no answer. Then they wanted to kill him. But then Gamal stands up. He makes perfect sense. So they, they couldn't kill him. So you know what? We're just going to beat the fire at him. It's always back to violence. We have one thing, and it'll actually survive a beating. Hope. That's right. Hope, Al. I think, because if this story is not true, Al, no one's coming out of here alive. Yeah. No one, unless they've got a story that'll top this one. That's right. I keep asking for someone saying, do you have a better story? That's right. And they look at me, the atheist, the agnostic, and the various ones, they look at me and they say, do I have a better story? Removal of sin, guaranteed to be raised from the dead, constant mediating work, power through God's spirit, waiting on the returned, immortality's riding on it. What's your story? That's mine. What's your story? Right. Will it top that one? Yep. Al, there's no story that tops that one. It's not, and and so you see this vindictive nature that they have. So they yep. one more time. Here's here's their answer. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, the apostles have never given them any inclination that they're going to stop talking about Jesus. No. So they keep trying to exert power. They they're don't. probably thinking, "Well, tell them to shut up," but they're probably not going to listen. <laughs> to them. Well, you know what gets me about it is powerful people many times. They try to exert power that they don't have. That's right. Because just like the government today. They try to, the word, Al, they try to intimidate you. If we got a letter. To shut you up. If we got a letter from any branch of government, state, local, federal, you and I addressed to Al, Phil, and Jace Robinson. You are no longer. You can no longer do the Unashamed Podcast because we think that's hateful speech, whatever, however they come up with it. Yeah. Is that going to make you stop? I can't stop. I can't stop either. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't matter. What if they said, we're going to beat the fire out of you? Well, do what you got to do. I'm driven to do it. I can't stop. We must obey God rather than men. That's how they started, right? Yep. So here's the... Here's By the, the way, Al, the, the brothers, sisters worldwide, we must obey God rather than men. Uh, Al, if we're not careful, we will lose that truth. That's right. That needs to be the centerpiece of her thinking. Everything. Uh, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I know what you're threatening me with, but we must obey God rather than men. We're, yeah. not, we're not interested in what you're going to do to us. We're going to live forever. So you can't kill us. You kill us, we live on. We're not worried about it. That's right. If we speak— And it is amazing that all these guys who were actively preaching the message out, most of them, I will have to admit, did get whacked. Yeah, they did. So the question is to our current audience is, what, how would you respond? What's the best possible response to being persecuted? Because these guys are being persecuted. Look at verse 41. We're still in Acts 5. Yep. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. You can't shut those kind up. No way. 
No way. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. If you rejoice over being persecuted, and if you that, expect it. And that went worldwide, and according to the Apostle Paul, it reached every living creature on the earth. That's exactly right. And there's a reason. The hope held out in the gospel. Finish that last one up. Huh? Yeah, so here's what, so, so you say, well, what happens when people are disgraced because of the name and rejoice when they're flogged and persecuted? Verse 42, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. There was your results of what happened when you respond the right way to people persecuting Every time I see somebody get on the air and rip me, I just say, yes, we are, we're doing some good. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well, you know, we and, and seriously, whenever we were going through all that, we were in the dub line every day, and we would talk about things we heard last night. Well, Don Lemon said this, and this one said that, and this one said this, and they were calling you everything but a Christian. I mean, we, we just kind of <laughs> said, you know what? This is this is kind of what it's all about. This yeah. is th- this looks sounds just... like the Book of Acts. <laughs> and you know, I don't. We weren't seized with great fear. I mean, it was a it was a difficult time for all of us trying to just bear up under it. But at the same time, we really did rejoice and just keep doing what we were doing. And they eventually caved anyway. They did. And you know why? Same deal. Afraid of the afraid of the crowds. That's right. Afraid when a, when a million rubber ducks show up at the corporate headquarters, somebody says, "You know what? There's there's some people out here that like these guys. We we might ought to think twice about just you know canceling." They tied the phone lines up with A and E. I mean, people calling. What are you doing? I mean, yeah, yeah, all they're doing is pointing people to Jesus. Well, by the way, I I call it the didn't even want me to thank God in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm like, do what? It's the look, guys. It's the blueprint, and we aren't the only ones that have done it. A bunch of others have. It's the blueprint for standing up in this culture. You do not back down. You nope. do not apologize for speaking truth to power. That's right. Because that's what we're doing. So the worst thing you can do is start mealing and mouthing around and apologizing every time you turn yep. around for good things. You don't want to do that. Stand firm, because that's what Jesus called us to. You bet. Good study. Um, I guess Jace will be back with us next time. We'll get to hear some new stories. I'm sure. Yep. I'm sure we'll have plenty. And also, we got. Uh, hopefully, we had some technical issues uh, last time, but we're supposed to have uh, Adam Carolla on the on the podcast. So that ought to be interesting because uh, uh, he's got some interesting takes on things too. So we'll see you guys next time on Unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.